The Chai Chinuch Show is brought to you by King David Schools, the cornerstone of our community for 75 years. Torah isn't education, it's transformation. This is Chai Chinuch with Rabbi G. 101.9 We are back as we do every Monday between 2 to 3 where we discuss education, we discuss chinuch, we discuss much more than that actually. We really discuss anything that will bring us closer to our goal which is living in a world we want to live in. Which is, you know, being able to learn, achieve and grow and bring ourselves to be influenced in everything we learn and achieve, influence the world and in between influence influence our friends, our families, our communities, and just know that we are in the space we want to be in, or at least going towards that direction. As you know, we've been speaking quite a bit in the show lately about different aspects of finances regarding teaching our kids finances, regarding managing our own finances, regarding the emotional stress around it. And we are still on that topic because it is extremely important, especially now that we are going on holiday. And it's quite expensive to be on holiday. And uh, the big question we have today, are we living in a realistic world? Are we going to the holiday that we can afford? Are we going to... um, enjoy a vacation based on our income or based on what our friends do or based on what we've done for the past 70 years, not necessarily realistic to where we are financially today and many more points we're going to discuss as we go on in the show. Anything you want to add or comment about this topic, any thoughts you have about the way we live as South African Jews here from a financial point of view, 34519 is the SMS line. Telegram is 061-895-1019. And really important to hear your uh, thoughts about that. Today, in addition to the two professionals on the show, we are having two special young men, um, guests who, who have just matriculated to hear their point of view about living a financial realistic life, being one foot in school and one foot on the other side already. Well, really, you're in between right now. I think you are the perfect people to speak about it. And we will get to you shortly. First, let me introduce you to, um, you know what, let's start with the youngsters today. I think that would be very important. Let's introduce you, and then we're going to go to the professionals. So, good afternoon, Adiv and Jordan. I'm going to start with you, Adiv, a bit about yourself. Tell us who you are. Um, So, as you said, my name's Adiv. Uh, recently matriculated from King David High School, Lingsfield. Hopefully uh, going to do paramedicine next year with NetCare um, and Hatsola. Very excited, very looking forward to it. Sounds amaz- uh, amazing. And we have, I think, two med- medics here, uh, potentially. Uh, Jordan? Um, so, hi, my name's Jordan Jacobson. I've also just recently matriculated from King David High School, Lingsfield. Um, Next year, I'll hopefully be studying medicine with WITS. Um, yeah, I can't wait. Okay, very exciting. So now let's move on to the professionals in the room. I'll start with you, Michelle Benatar. A bit about you. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. So my name's Michelle Benatar. I'm a financial planner. I've been in the industry for 38 years. And that's it. 
Okay, 38 years. I think it's been very exciting, 38 years. I don't believe that what you were doing the first year you're doing today from a financial point of view and planning and economy and everything around that. So a lot to discuss and see and hear. And hear. Before we move on and uh, introduce our next guest, uh, I'm just wondering, Michelle, from your experience over the 38 years and all the changes you've seen in the economy and everything that's been happening in South Africa, do we live in a realistic financial manner? I don't believe we do. I think many of us, well, it also depends on the socioeconomic stratum that you're speaking about. But if we had to talk in terms of our community, I think many of us are living beyond our means and we're certainly not saving enough towards our retirement. One of the big issues, of course, is that we live a lot longer and, um, I mean, since I've been in, in the industry, the mortality age has extended, and that's become a big issue. Okay. So as you're speaking, I see the young, two young boys who, uh, please God, will be in the industry of um, even extending mortality even more uh, one day. And I'm thinking, do they even relate to saving for your pension? Adiv, do you? Well, I think it's interesting. Um, in school, there's definitely a push if you take subjects like accounting and business to understand money and understand how to use money. But if you aren't inclined to take those types of subjects, I feel like it's something that almost falls by the wayside and you expect it to just understand, just know how it works, things like that. Okay. So you're saying that you're expected if you take, if you learn about it for the future, otherwise there's no training and teaching in that area, Correct. which I'm curious, and I, I'm going to go to you, Jordan, because it, what fascinates me is that you're talking about, and you've just mentioned about the expectation in the future, and my question is, what about the present? I'm assuming you, or at least your friends, or you know someone that did get pocket money and did get money from a younger age and birthdays, and you know, you, you've dealt with money throughout primary school. Before and high school, and you know now that you've matriculated, what did you do with that money? Um, so my pocket money, a lot of the time went to like tuck shop money and stuff to get food from the school. Sounds um, like a real financial plan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, otherwise, um, I don't really get a lot of pocket money unless I like ask for some. Um, but with regards to saving and all of that stuff, I don't, like, our school hasn't exactly pushed us towards any sort of sustainable future with finances. Um, it's almost like, unless you, as I did said, unless you're taking these subjects because you want to become an accountant, you're going to be sort of left in the dark. So I'm um, personally, like, I don't, I haven't personally saved any money or anything that much except for the savings account that my parents manage for me so they 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 weren't on top of it for you which you're very blessed for so basically what you're saying if i understand you correctly that when it is introduced to us as a subject it's a very foreign subject meaning learn about money and you'll know about this but not like it's your life and your needs and something that we need to be addressed and and dealt with um, 
with. So it, it's really fascinating, and I think that we, we do need to take our first break, but when we come back, I really want to join in um, our next guest, which uh, I, I think would have so much more to add on this topic as well, um, and we'll introduce him right after the break. The Chai Chinuch Show is brought to you by King David Schools, the cornerstone of our community for 75 years. 101.9 Chai FM Chai Chinuch We are back, and right before the break, I told you that, you know, as much as the conversation is fascinating, I really feel that our next guest has a lot to add and discuss. So before we move on, I'm just going to say hi and introduce him. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Marvin, Abraham, and thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, and good afternoon, audio listeners. Okay, so tell us a bit about your role and introduce us and your coordinator position. So I coordinate the Peter Maritzburg Economic Justice and Dignity Group. It's this tiny little, very small organization that publishes the monthly household affordability index, which is then reproduced by various other media like Glenberg and and, and, and so on, but we're the origin thereof. And so we track the cost of a basket of food. We track the cost of electricity and, and, um, things like transport for working class households. And we compare that to levels of the national minimum wage and in terms of, of social grants. And a very So general- that's the kind of work we do. Okay, amazing. So let me ask you like this, on a very general level, and considering what you're seeing throughout the nation and throughout the country, the average expense per household and the average income per household, are we close in any way? So there is absolutely no relationship between these two, and unfortunately in the South African economy, um, when wages are negotiated, particularly from the corporate level, we do not link these two things, which any <laughs> a right-thinking economist would think that we should, but we actually don't. Sounds like a so, challenge. For instance, as an example, um, so the national minimum wage currently uh, rewards a worker, and we know that about 60% of South Africa's, the workers in South Africa earn at this level. Uh, so the hourly wage is 25 rand and 42 cents. So that would work out to something like 4,473 rand and 92 cents in October. Um, and when we compare just that wage to a basket of very, very simple basic foods for a household of seven, then the cost of that basket is 5297 So, So even if you can spend your entire wage on a basket of food, you still would not have enough in order to purchase uh, a sufficient and nutritious food, let alone transport, let alone, as your previous uh, speaker was saying, saving for pensions. That's just not in the mindset and it's not because people don't want to do it it is just because it is absolutely impossible to do for about uh, 60% of South Africa's population so so really when we're talking about how do we use our money when we talk about saving uh, um, really 
you know, who are we talking about and what kind of, what portion of a national minimum wage can you realistically save becomes really then the question. So Marvin, if I didn't have my other guests here in studio, like uh, Michelle, who is a financial advisor and, and financial planning professional, I would kind of end the show now and say, okay, well, let's give up. Because what you're saying sounds horrific. And you know, when you said the wage of, yeah, the average is 25, uh, the minimum wage is 25 rands and a certain amount of cents, I could see one of the matriculated boys, his eyes were popping out like, what? Is this what we're going to? So on that, I would go to you, Michelle, and I'm asking, so should we give up? You see, that's the reason why I mentioned it depends on the socioeconomic status of the people that we are speaking about. Um, okay. So how do we educate our kids? We, we do have a real problem here, as Marvin said, and, and I, I would love to hear from him soon also about what can be done and what can we do if there is what we can do. However, now we've heard this, the two extremes. So we have here youngsters, and we're living in a space that seems to be, based on what Marvin said, that we're not living in realistic uh, financial spaces. And I'm not sure that it's different for the people with lower income and people with higher income. And my question to you is, are the people with the higher income actually managing their finances in an appropriate, realistic way? Or is this generally a problem throughout the board? I would say it's a problem throughout the board. Um yeah, that's what I would say. Um, so let me ask the boys. Okay, you've been in school till now, right? Yes. Um, and either of you could answer this one, actually. Is there any awareness as children about the fact that the question of do I get by, my, at what age do I get a phone, has anything to do with my parents having money or not? So I think from my perspective, what we see in... Uh, at school to interact with money is, is like Jordan said, uh, with a tuck shop. And when tuck shop prices increase, we all know that uh, we can't get uh, one thing and the thing we used to get on the side. And that definitely grows itself into when uh, we have to start living by our means. If our parents don't have the money, we can't always go on. That's fascinating. And my question to you is, roughly, majority, how many kids would you say see the prices of the tuck shop going up and say, whoa, I need to plan my finances? And how many of them would go to their parents and say, oh, by the way, the tuck shop went up, I need more money? Um, I think I'd say almost nobody actually thinks about planning their finances when they see the tuck shop prices go up. It's more of like, it's just complaining that the tuck shop prices went up and then get, getting more money to combat it. So um, I think it makes us more aware that obviously money is something that needs to be dealt with care. But at the same time, if you don't have firsthand experience of what it's like to have to work hard for your money and have to earn the money, then it almost seems like I can just ask someone for the money. So financial planning is not really there. So my question, and I'm going to go to you, Marvin, and, and I'm wondering, you know, you, you've described the very... A scary situation financially throughout the country. However, besides for that, is it not worse because it seems to be that 
we're not, um, you know, planning and not teaching our kids how to live in a realistic manner? So I, I think we... We have to approach this from different angles. There is no one yes or no answer. So I would say financial training is essential for any every young child, no matter where we find ourselves. Uh, how we use a rand, where does money come from, etc. Uh, uh, so that's always useful, and I would advocate that that should always be part of the school curriculum. Um, but then we must also recognize that we live in a country where there is a historical uh, and a structural problem. I mean, it's not something that started five years ago. It is something that started quite a long time ago. So, so, so we also have to understand that the structural context of low wages, high household expenditure means that, that many People aren't able to survive, um, so they survive by cutting back on what I would say is probably the worst thing, but it's probably the only thing they can do is they cut back on the level of, nut- of the food they eat or the, or the nutritional value of the food they eat, which then, of course, strengthens long-term uh, poverty cycles. So, uh, so it's really it's, it's understanding the complexity of the of, of the South African economy. But it's also that does not mean that we therefore should not be 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 introducing uh, 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 financial training and financial education to our children. Both of these two can be correct to do. So I'm going to go from what you're saying exactly to Michelle, because, you know, Marvin's saying very clearly that we do have a crisis and that in I almost am getting the feeling that it's as parents, we need to step in and take this responsibility to prepare and train and teach our next generation. And we cannot just rely on the government to look after us. So what do we do? Okay. So one must understand that a person's financial view of the world starts at a very young age. And that's the time to start. So I would say I've put together a list for preschoolers, how you handle them and teach them financial literacy, older kids, tweens and teenagers. Um, Okay. Would you like me to start? You can go through it quickly. You know, I'm I'm actually really worried about the example we're giving as parents and how much we're bringing that discussion into our lifestyle. Are we necessarily driving the car that we can afford? Are we going to the holiday we can afford? So, but go through the, but I mean, that's the thing. They learn from, they learn from example and they watch what you do. And that's the biggest message of all. But what I would do, I would start off with firstly, when they, once they're able to count, give them a clear jar for their savings and Also, the second thing is set an example with your own money habits, as we've just discussed. Then show them that stuff costs money. So if they want to buy something, let them use the money in their jar, take it with them to the store, and let them physically hand the money to the cashier. That experience in real time is very valuable. Um, Okay. Would you like and to go on? And that's at a younger age. And uh, then yeah, and then tweens. Show them how opportunity costs work. For example, explain to them if you are giving them some kind of money. Say, if you buy X, you won't have the money to buy Y. 
they should be able to weigh these decisions and understand possible outcomes. So it's, you're training them to start thinking that way. Show them how to stretch their rands by comparing cost of one item they want to another. So, you know, you are developing so, financial intelligence. I want to stop here because in reality, we just heard that the assumption is, and we don't know, and I'm sure every individual is different, the assumption is that children grow up today with the feeling that if talk shop is too expensive, I'll ask for more. And if I need something, I'll ask for more. And if... and not necessarily being aware. You're coming with the exact opposite extreme, saying, let me teach you how to manage your own finances, and if there's a problem, here's the skills, don't come to me for more money. So we need to find some kind of common ground that can be realistic. Yeah, so I'm not saying don't come to me for more money, but understand the responsibility of having some money entails. And, okay. and learn how what to. What is that responsibility? Or, for example, understanding that there isn't infinite amount of money. Being able, as I said, if you want to buy something, think about that. Learn how not to go into quick gratification. Also, being able to understand that money is earned, not just handed out, by paying them perhaps an amount based on chores they do. Um, for them to get a holiday job and that kind of thing. Holidays jobs, I think, is something we really need to speak about, um, and we'll get to there. And um, Marvin, you're hearing Michelle's recommendation, and I'm wondering from your experience, are kids today generally aware of the financial situation from a healthy point of view? I'm sure a lot of them are walking around scared about what's going to be in the future. However, understanding it realistically in a way they can deal with it is that a reality so 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 as i said that we we you know the the levels of inequality in south africa mm. does mean that we sometimes have to deal with uh different socioeconomic groups differently um, so I, my advice would be to all those households who can do exactly what miss michelle said should exactly do that um, and even in the working class households where they earn a national minimum wage, if we do send a child to the store, you know, teach them some kind of financial literacy as part of that experience. Uh, but it is just that we, what we as a group guard against or would like to uh, uh, make sure that as a population we don't is to say, well, some people save because they are they are wasteful. Uh, or oh, sorry, they don't save because they are wasteful. They don't save because they don't understand how money works. They don't, you know, to recognize that there is a major section of the South African population who actually cannot save because to save is akin to telling them to basically die. You know, so a lot of people say, you know, save Not because but the only thing they can do to save is to cut back on the amount of food they eat. So it's to recognize that reality whilst not to say that others who are able to, to, to teach financial literacy do it. So it's that, you know, living within those two Paradigm. Uh, almost stark differences, uh, but continue to live. <laughs> and and both of them sound to me like don't have the ability to learn responsibility with finances. One because they don't have, and one because they have endless. 
and there's no real working ground throughout the whole country of managing limited funds responsibly because there's either nothing or there's enough. Yeah, although although we have to also acknowledge that with the middle class, which probably is about 15 to 20% of the population, that with uh, the increasing interest rates, mm. uh, even though the Reserve Bank kept the interest rate at the current rate, but the increases over the last two years has meant that money is, is generally very tight, even within the middle class yeah. uh, of South Africa. So there are opportunities to learn. There are really opportunities to learn. So, so we can from that point of view. So I have a question to ask both of you. However, beforehand, I need to check something with uh, Jordan and Adiv, right? When I go overseas, when I'm in America, when I'm in Israel, when I'm in Europe, I will definitely, I will generally see during the holidays that the restaurants, the local restaurants are filled with students as waiters. Throughout the whole year, I'll see that the older kids that are in university are taking on another job. I'm not really seeing that here. And I'm not seeing any kids working throughout the holiday pretty much. I think maybe to sell a Lulav and Esrug once a year, right? I'm not really seeing any financial responsibility. And based on what you're saying, I'm wondering if it's just because there's no reason to work. Because if I have endless money and I could always request, and I'm not asking you about you personal. This is not about your lives. It's about what you know from school, from your friends, from reality. Is there any reason for anybody to try to make money? I think uh, different individuals within their own households and, and spheres understand that their situations are very different. But a lot of what what's being said, I think, has to start with a conversation between the, the child and the parent. So if from a very young age, like has been said, there needs to be this entrenchment of uh, understanding financial situations, you know, gaining the experience in shops, understanding if that conversation is started, then it will grow up with them. So if the conversation about needing to work when you're able to, needing to earn your own money, needing to uh, understand your own financial situation is started when you're young and when you're able to start learning about it, that will grow up and then you'll see more people working. I mean, there's some phenomenal businesses around Glen Hazel um, employing younger people and I think that's where it has to start. More opportunities, more around the conversation. I would, I would promote them today, not tomorrow. I, give me after the show, people, because I, I think that that's crucial for our community that kids do have that responsibility and earn money and be responsible for that money and 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 I'll say even more because in my vision there needs to be you know three columns of of expenses roughly I'm going to say this very short there's one is the essentials that I believe that yes every child should be not worried about it and their parents should look after their essentials then we have luxury that happens you know a take a, a takeaway sometimes a restaurant here within reason that could be discussed based on behavior based on responsibility but that's some kind of level of responsibility because it is a luxury and then we have the big stuff right the devices the the uh, you know better than me what we're talking about and that needs to be a whole different level of planning and money that you're making and the kids are making and, and that is your responsibility. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't know, Michelle, if you would agree with that, but I'll only hear your opinion and Marvin's opinion after the ad break as we also need to be responsible. 
and take uh, uh, this quick short break and we will come right back. The High Chinuch Show is brought to you by King David Schools, the cornerstone of our community for 75 years. 101.9 We are back just to remind you that in this fascinating discussion, your impact is extremely important. So 34519 is SMS line. Any thoughts, any questions, anything you would want to know about helping your children be financially stable adults, send us a question, send us a message. This is your opportunity with the professionals in the room. 34519 is SMS line. Telegram is 0618951019. Let's talk about teenagers for a bit okay. and how they prepare themselves for finances. And uh, Marvin, I want to start with you. And I wa- I'm wondering where the social media impact is affecting the frustration and perhaps even, which I w- was planning not to bring up in this show, uh, crime rates of people needing more and not managing financially without it, is what the kids are seeing and exposed to making things more complicated. Yes, so so I mean, children, as we all know, uh, take examples from uh, others in society. I mean, I mean, social media plays a role. Uh, peer group pressures play a role. What they see in the media on television. Um, and, and generally what they can get away with. <laughs> I mean, we were all kids once, so we, we know what we can get away with. We kind of repeat that pattern of behavior. So, so it is critical, therefore, that, that we, we, we instill not just good citizenship, uh, uh, but also good stewardship uh, mm. of what we own, what we have, uh, uh, and a responsibility towards ensuring that 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 we are able to develop to the best of our own own ability so i would say that you know teaching children financial skills of course is important also as part of just general stewardship uh, of the goods that has been entrusted to us um, so yeah so so it it is i mean i always come back to the point and i and i really think that this is critical because it's hardly ever mentioned that that while it is true that we must do that, at the same time, I think it is callous for us to look down on those who cannot do it because they just cannot afford to do it. And so they always have to 100%. be an understanding. I, I that, couldn't that agree, agree more. That, that difference uh, and live with that difference. So you, you've mm. also raised the question, for instance, around children taking on holiday jobs. Now, I did that as a kid. I had a holiday job, which was great and wonderful. But today I also realize that about 40% of our working, of people of working age in South Africa do not have a job. So what would responsible citizenship look like? Would it be that I my kids, no, you don't take that job because rather let's let an adult take that job that's unemployed because they need that for, to support their children. You know, so what is responsible citizenship even beyond just financial management and literacy mean? Marvin, and I think it's that's in a that question that we need to think about. Yeah, but that's a question that we and you, me and you would have to have a full show for because I think that's a very important deep question and there's no way with the five minutes that we have left that we can address that. But it's a very strong 
thought process that needs to start and, and fruit for thought, as we say. There's an interesting SMS coming in that I, I really want to read and share. Uh, just beforehand, Michelle, take us to the practical side of things. What can we do with our teenagers that we want them to practically, uh, you know, after Marvin raises a huge moral question about them getting a job, so what, what, what are the tools we have? Okay, so first in terms of that very poignant issue that Marvin brings up, um, I mean, uh, kids who, who've got an edu- who've been educated could find jobs that don't necessarily take away from somebody less skilled. Like for example, in my personal life, my son, Always, he used to go give extra lessons in Kumon. Now that's not going to take anybody's job away. Or he would go and work as a receptionist for a neurologist for a couple of hours. Um, so, uh, you You're know, you can find, you can find okay. jobs that are appropriate and that don't necessarily take away bread from somebody Should else. Should kids have bank accounts before they are ready to understand the responsibility of money? Well, it should be managed with their parents. How do we manage it? So in terms of, as I said, in, 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 in the younger years, you already start teaching them this, um, philosophy of, you know, no, no immediate gratification. I was actually going to come to that. For example, particularly with teenage girls, let's say they do have money and, and they've got savings and they want to buy a beautiful dress. Avoid impulse buys. Tell them they can use their hard earned money to buy, but let them wait for a day or two before they do that. That is a good way of, you know, teaching them to sort of control impulse buying. Now, another important factor. What you're saying is that when we talk about mindfulness of emotions, we also need to bring the financial factor in there. Exactly. And be aware of your emotional need before you act on it. Exactly. Now, another important thing, and especially living in this country with two totally different paradigms socioeconomically, you've got to stress the importance of also giving. Giving 10% of that money to charity. Okay. I think that's very important. Um, if you can. Because I'm Marvin's talking about, about yeah. no, that I'm talking don't about, have there. Yes. But however, giving is definitely, and exactly what Marvin said, with keeping everybody's dignity and respect and care. Exactly. And, and also teaching them contentment in, in terms of being content with what they've got. Because as you know, social media brings com- the comparison trap and teaching them that... Um, you know, to to be that if they're driving a 15-year-old car, um, it's okay. It's going. It's appreciating that. Boys, is it okay? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's all so part we of, don't have an issue yeah. with with driving older cars or whatever. I, I just want to have to say because one of the SMSs coming in is a very interesting one, and it comes from a practical point of view. Um. Shame that I, I feel bad that the person didn't sign his name because or her name because it's actually very interesting insight that uh, I'd love to credit them for it. But was a writing and I'm wondering your thoughts. Mathlet Mathlet is a very informative subject and should be compulsory to help with reaching about um, teaching about financial responsibility. What do you think about that? Absolutely. In fact, I had prepared a list on how to build success. The listeners can't see, but everybody's nodding. 
Marvin's not nodding. Uh, Michelle's nodding. The boys are nodding. Everybody's in agree. So thank you for that message. Okay. Um, I had sort of drawn up a list on how to build successful kids. And one of the biggest, one of the most important things is to teach kids maths from an early age. Uh, okay, I know the listeners talking about maths literacy, right. but teaching math skills from an early age and emphasizing that actually helps to build successful That will help, kids. and it's not happening in school. Um, <laughs> You're looking at them. Is it happening in school? So, I mean, I think maths is like definitely very important in school. Um, the school presses it a lot, but they don't like express why it's important. Okay, so I'm taking that as a no because Craig is yeah. <laughs> telling us we need to end and go out for our next break. Um, but then, okay, we, we do need to take a short break, and then there's still more messages from listeners, and then we start need to start wrapping up. Uh, quite a bit happening. Quick break, and we will be right back. The Chai Chinuch Show is brought to you by King David Schools, the cornerstone of our community for 75 years. 101.9 We are back and towards the end of the show. And the reason I'm saying that is because a great question has come in and I don't think we're going to have time to answer it properly. I will read the question because it's an important question. And then I will actually get the answer and message it back to the listener. Um, generally, questions that come into the show at an earlier stage is easier to find to answer properly. Now, we're really at the end of the show, but I do appreciate every message at any time, even at the end of the show, and I will try to get back with answers from the professionals. So the message is, hi, Rabbi G, thanks so much for an amazing show. Pleasure. I'm wondering that if I give my kids a budget and stick to it, they may have anxiety towards money and feel lost and worried about other, our finances. This is a very loaded question, I think, emotionally for many different ways and almost like what is the uh, caller asking about their emotional worries and, and uh, state, but we will have to answer that. I'm not going to, uh, we won't have that time for that. What I will ask all of you in the end of the show, where are we going? What is the vision? What do we hope to see? And where do we hope to teach our kids and get to? I'm going to start with you, Mervyn, the vision of going forward. So looking at the broader uh, macro level economic issues, I would say that I'm quite hopeful, even though we are in a real financial stress at the moment and about 80 percent of South African households are under immense financial stress. uh, The outlook for the next year is much better. Um, and so Why? it is likely that things can improve because we are likely to see interest rates possibly coming down. Uh, a lot of the geopolitical issues might be resolved, so the price of fuel might come down. Uh, already food prices are beginning to take turn the corner, so, 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 so there are some good news financially in the future. Having said that, should there then be money available in any household budget, I would recommend that they prioritize savings uh, so that they can and teach their children saving patterns uh, because it's critical for our financial health as a country going forward. Wow. Okay. Amazing. Please, God, let's hope for the best. Michelle, your hope and wish. Okay. So... It's very heartening to hear your good news, Mervyn. Um, so I was speaking about saving, but one other important criteria is teaching, teaching kids the danger of credit cards and how debt mm. is a bad idea. 
And then also, in terms of encouraging saving, emphasize the magic of compound growth and how starting young and due to the compound of magic growth will help them get there. You're right. We should have spoken about credit cards, and I'll tell you after the show uh, the uh, a fascinating concept about it and a story about that, but we're not going to manage it on the show today. But I, I think definitely think that's a very important concept, the risks and dangers of living in debt and basically working today and paying for what we used yesterday is is a horrific situation, even before we look at the interest rates. Uh, definitely challenging. And my wider wish is for a more equitable society and how I wish the youth of today could somehow have this idealistic, have idealism in terms of how to, how to reduce that gap. Okay. So the youth of today that I'm seeing in studio are actually very inspiring and uh, unbelievable, uh, knowledgeable and talented boys. Ten seconds for each of you, and because we do need to end the show, your thoughts of our future. Um, I think that there's definitely hope for the future. It just depends on how we u- uh, use our resources to our advantage. So schools should use their powerful positions to teach kids what the dangers of uh, certain things surrounding money are how to counteract these how to use your money responsibly and how to take your own advantage and you will please be the beginning of that change Adiv um, so it could just be coming uh, from from straight out of school but for me I believe it, it all starts with education I mean almost compounding a math lit type subject and an LO type subject to teach the fundamental skills like tax and almost investing would be the start of the new future. Beautiful put. Thank you so much. Thank you, Craig, for managing the show. Thank you, Sana, for putting such a great show together and such great uh, guests. Thank you, Marvin. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adiv. And we will end the show and just wish you stay well, stay strong. And next week we will be with our next topic, Monday, 2 to 3. See you then.